Yes, listeners, welcome along to Across the Line here on Tip FM with myself, Paul Carroll, on this Friday, February the 10th, 2023. And as always, we have plenty to talk about previewing the weekend of sport here in the Premier County. Of course, the big one this weekend is Sunday at half past one. Tipperary taking on Kilkenny and Nolan Park in the National Hurling League. And we'll have live commentary of that game here on Tip FM. With thanks to Klaus de Fubble, Ross Gray College of Further Education. So uh, the large part of this show will be previewing that match. We'll also be hearing from uh, Tipperary senior hurler and UL hurler uh, Gerard O'Connor about the Fitzgibbon Cup um, in a, just a little bit. We'll also be talking soccer with uh, Mersh Walsh as St. Michael's have a big FAI Junior Cup last 16 round game this weekend. And as always, we'll end the show with Greyhound Racing. But as I mentioned to start, we will be talking Tipperary versus Kilkenny and no one else better to talk to me about this than former Tipperary midfielder Shane McGrath. Shane, you're welcome to the show. Hi, Paul. How's things? Not too bad at all, Shane. I suppose we both saw a Tipperary against Leash last weekend, but um, there's a much different prospect, I think, ahead of uh, the Tipperary lads on Sunday. A massive sure look. I mean, I just felt uh, while while it was a match or had the makings of a match as in regards to the two teams and refs and all that, like, I mean, it just it wasn't a game at all. It was so one-sided. I suppose we were struggling to, even as commentators, trying to get something across to the people. But I suppose anyone that was there, and, like, I, I couldn't even say it, it was highlights of the game, really. But it was just a non-contest. The boys did what they had to do, in fairness. They worked hard, scored 232. Uh, I think they had 18 wide, so that's maybe something that the lads would have spoke to them about at training to try and tidy up. But, you know, it just wasn't a contest. But look, it was job done for Tip, and I suppose me and you both said it was brilliant to see the four lads who made their debut, that they got on so well, they fitted, that they really grew into the game as it went on. Um, you know, Johnny Ryan, a cornerback, really comfortable on the ball. Garrod at, at centre forward, uh, I think he popped off, uh, was it uh, ten or nine or ten points for a finish? Sean yeah. Ryan, Sean Ryan, corner forward, and then Keno Dwyer. Like I just, I love what Keno Dwyer is about. He is just, he just, I, I think he oozes class and he's got that self confidence. I think he's going to become a. The more, the more the opposition grows in quality, I think better for Keno Dwyer and these guys because they, I think they'll grow with it. So, but look, completely different team coming Sunday. Um, I, we can talk about it in depth, but for me. Looking down through it, Paul, and I could be wrong now, you're a good man for the stats, but I don't think we've beaten Kilkenny in Nolan Park um, since 2008. That's right, Jack, 2008. I'm, go- I'm going down through it here. Uh, 2018, uh, we lost by a point to them. Uh, Mikey Breen's actually scored 2-9 that day, I see. It's six frees, I have it down here, he scored. Mikey Breen was on the freeze that day, so there you go. Uh, we lost the final down there in 2018. We lost in 2016. 2014, we lost the final in 2013 down there, playing myself that day. 2012, we lost down there. In 2009, we actually got bet by 17 points down there, and that was a bad day for us all now. And in 2008, we, we, we bet them, and, and the score was 115 to 110. That's the last time we bet Kilkenny. So, down in Nolan Park, I want to stress that now, down in Nolan Park. We've obviously played Kilkenny several times before, since. Bet them last year but, in the league. You bet him last year in the league, you know, I mean, beat him in All-Ireland Finals since, but I'm talking about down in Nolan Park. So I just think whether the two points are up for grabs or not, all that aside, I think this is maybe bigger than a league game for, for Tip maybe. And I think Liam Cahill will know this, and he'll stress this with the group, that we have not won a match down there going on 15 years now. And I just think maybe 
that, def- that definitely has to be a motivator for Tip going down there this week. I, I, I also think we're good enough to do it and we're in a good place to do it. But I just think, no more so than Sheedy used to say it does, about going down to Park Creek in 2008. We hadn't won down there in so long in championship. And you know, that was definitely a driving force for us. So I think the 15-year thing has to be a driving force for the boys, Paul, on, on Sunday. And f- from playing there yourself, Shane, like why, why is it like that? Why is it such a hard place to play? Look, it, 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 when, when there's a crowd there, there's a fantastic atmosphere there. Absolutely brilliant. Um, we were all there for the minor final last year, and we can see what a full house does in Nolan Park. It, you know, the stands are in on top of you. You, you, can, you can feel, every, nearly hear everything everyone is saying. You can feel the buzz of the crowd there because it's just all in on top of you. And it's a great stadium, and I have to say, it's one of the best pitches in Ireland as well. I, I just don't know, like, there, there, there was maybe that intimidation factor going down playing them from myself when we were playing them because they were and still are probably at the time the greatest hurling team ever mm. and and we were going down there to their home place where they lost very very rarely um, you know and we were going down there we were kind of we were a coming team at the time maybe but even in the years later when we lost to them probably always was that thing there you're going down playing this unbelievable team with this unbelievable manager and they just find ways of winning and I just think that in in latter years now when we've played them, and I suppose we haven't played them there in, in five years now, I think, Paul, since 2018, you know? Yeah. And I think that the, the dynamic has changed since. That we're going down more confidence now and knowing that they're not the unbeatable team or the unbeatable force that they were. If I if I was to compare it to something, Paul, when when with with Man United and Old Trafford for so long mm. and just teams could not you go there and you could be two or three points behind before you even leave the dressing room because you know there's that factor there like, and I just think that's not there anymore and I think that'll definitely the teams are going down there believing more that they're going to get a result and I just think that also the way Tip are going and their fitness levels the way they're set up the way they're structured the depth that we have at the moment with the new guys coming in as well and being I suppose I suppose the new guys were there anyway, Paul. But now they're coming in more experienced yeah. and stronger. And uh, I just think we're, we, we're going down there more confident. But I do feel before, and, and as a player myself, that you were going down there going, geez, we're playing this crowd down here. And look, I, I suppose I mean, it's, it's easier to say it when you've, you're tired and you've stepped away from it for a few years. But I think that, that definitely was there uh, with, with, with a lot of teams. like you know. Yeah, definitely. And... Uh... I suppose, like as you were saying, they're probably not the team they were, but they were still in the All Ireland last year. Like you, they've just having an abundance of talent down there. But I suppose a different thing for Kilkenny this year is no Brian Cody, so Derek Ling is coming in. So not only is this a huge game for Liam Cahill and to get a look at his team and see what they're like in this kind of scenario, it's a massive game for Kilkenny as well because this is Derek Ling's first big test as a Kilkenny senior manager. Yeah, Paul, first big test for both managers, right? I, well, you know, the Tip and Leash game was non-runner. The Antrim game was closer. Mm. And, like, from talking to a couple of Antrim people who were there, you know, if Antrim had taken a few more chances and they were a bit sharper, could have been a bit closer, maybe could have got a, could have got a result. But it's Nolan Park, Tip v Kilkenny. I think it just draws people towards it. Like, it's, it's, for me, it's the fixture of the weekend. Like, I know Limerick are playing Clare. Um, but it's just hard to know where Limerick are at at the moment, how strong they're going to go for this. Whereas I think Tip Kilkenny, Liam Cannon and Derek King would say, let's go at this now. Let's go for this. Like it's There's just a, there's that rivalry that's there, you know, between the two of them. Anyone that's a neutral within 
maybe 20, 30 miles, they'll, they'll be drawn towards it as well because typical Kenny, if, if the weather is nice, I think there'll be a massive crowd there and that'll add to the occasion as well. So I think it's, 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 it's a big learning now for, for Derek Ling and Liam Cal. A big learning about their panel, not as them as about managers, um, particularly Liam Cal, because, you know, Liam Cal has been there, he's done it. We've seen that he can, he can take teams to another level. I, 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 but it's, it's a big one now for Derek Ling. You know, as his first game at home as manager, first game for first big game for Kilkenny at home, post Brian Cody. You know, people are just going to be drawn towards for that reason alone, Paul, to go to the match. How is Derek Ling going to react? How is he going to be on the sideline? Yeah. And for Liam Cahill, then it's kind of how are my group going to react to this now? This will be a cauldron down there. This is league hurling, but you know what? There'll be a championship feel to it. There'll be a big crowd. There'll be a great atmosphere. And it'll be a chance for both managers to see, right, I'm putting you in there. Let's see how you react. So on the tip side, yeah, I've named all the boys who got their debut. Hopefully we'll see them again. And on the Kilkenny side, there's a lot of guys trying to break through. One guy in particular I'm looking forward to seeing is, is Billy Drennan. Mm. And I wonder, will, will they put him in on Mikey Breen? Will they just say, right, straight away, let's see how you go. In on Mikey Breen, big physical guy. You've got stronger. Let's see how you go. And uh, so I, I'd, I'd really look forward to that matchup if it, if it does happen at the weekend. Yeah, he scored 1-8 against Antrim over, over the weekend. But I suppose it's it's hard hard to kind of predict these games in terms of, I'd, I'd imagine the Ballyhale lads are still probably not back yet. So they're, they're, they're going to be without, without some of them. And we have our own kind of injury worries at the minute. But it's as you mentioned, it's a huge opportunity, I suppose, for the managers and for those players trying to break in that if I can have a good game here against Kilkenny, People watching, not only the management team will say, Jez, this lad, he is up to it. Like So it's a huge opportunity on Sunday, really, for, for players and managers. That's it, Paul, 100%. We all have to start somewhere, you know. And like I suppose the lads got their start against Leash, and it was brilliant to get that start and maybe get that initial nervousness away. And, and for other lads who maybe hadn't played for some time, get that initial nervousness away of, of playing in a proper competitive game with all due respect to the Munster League this is National League this is the prerequisite for championships so this is as competitive as it gets right now so I think that if you can do it in Nolan Park against Kilkenny I think you have earned yourself you know a couple of notches up the ladder in regards of maybe trust and in regards of your pecking order on, on the team and on the panel because yeah. every, everyone's going to be watching it as I said massive crowd and I just feel that the pressure notch will go way up from the last day for both teams. And again, they're just, they're just that rivalry there. As I said, Paul, on the radio, we were talking, when United play Liverpool, Ireland play England in the rugby, you, you know what I mean? In different sports, different teams just just bring out the best of each other and the rivalry just creates a kind of an atmosphere and a tension. And uh, that's what you're going to have there Sunday. So yeah, come here, anyone who plays well Sunday. Has, is, is definitely going to go a couple of notches up ladder, especially guys who are just coming in because they're looking for a thing, Paul. Like They're going to look in and go, can I trust you to do it when, when it matters most later in the year in championship? Do you know what? Here's a serious test of you, if I can or not. And anyone that passes that and comes out with flying colours on Sunday, I think will definitely be featuring come championship time for, uh, for Tip and Kilkenny. Like. So plenty, plenty on the line and plenty to look forward to. Uh, Shane McGrath, thanks as always. Cheers, Paul.
Former Tipperary midfielder Shane McGrath there giving us his thoughts ahead of Tipperary versus Kilkenny this Sunday at half past one in Nolan Park. And the Tipperary team for Sunday's game will be announced live here on Tip FM during our coverage of the Tipperary Club's draw, which is on tonight at half past eight in Brennan's Bar in Clonalty. So the uh, Jonathan Cullen Tipperary PRO will be announcing the team during that broadcast. So uh, be sure to tune in. We're going to take a quick ad break and we'll be back with former Tipperary hurling manager Mick Ryan after these. Welcome back, listeners, to part two of Across the Line here on Tip FM with myself, Paul Carroll. Now we're going to continue our build-up to Tipperary versus Kilkenny in the National Hurling League on Sunday. And who better to talk to only former Tipperary senior hurling manager, Mick Ryan. Mick, you're welcome to the show. Thanks, Paul. Mick, I was speaking to uh, Shane McGrath earlier on and we were talking about uh, Tip's very poor record, I suppose, in Nolan Park uh, the last uh, few years. You were involved in 2008 as a selector. That was the last time Tipperary beat Kilkenny in Nolan Park. Um, what was what was that experience like? What is the experience of Tip versus Kilkenny in Nolan Park that Tip have found it so difficult the last couple of years, last decade, really? Yeah. Um, well, look, I think I think we find Kilkenny difficult to beat everywhere we meet them, to be honest. Um, but, you know, I, I, I think it really... It speaks to the rivalry that's between the two uh, counties. Um, you know, they, they they never fail to get it up for tip. Um, you know, they're they're always on, and they they. I suppose when when we were probably a little bit stronger going back going back to the years, um, it was almost like a bragging rights thing. You know, um, you may have won in All Ireland, but you come down here to Nolan Park and we'll show you that mm. type of uh, an attitude seems to permeate through the, the you know the Kilkenny camp um, but look at I think it's borne out of respect Paul to be honest with you I think the counties have huge respect for each other and e- each of them are benchmarks you know um, and you know it's a, it, you, you have a very good barometer of where you are at a point in time when you go down to play Kilkenny or you, they come up and play us you know those are the big games um, you know and I say that with the greatest respect you know Kilkenny aren't champions we're not champions um, but nonetheless um we we love those games against Kilkenny. They're they're just great games, um, and I I expect it'll be the same on Sunday. But um, look, um, for me, uh, Kilkenny are still uh, a real standard bearer um, in the game of hurling. And you know we we know about their club success. Um, they're just relentless down there. And uh, yeah, while you know they haven't won the All Ireland since 2015, they're still a, a top top team. You know, and in my view, they'd have beaten anybody else in the country bar, bar Limerick last year in the final. Yeah. And just, um, I suppose, the the last time, as we mentioned, was Sells and Nate. But when you were when you were managing the team, I think he played them three times. League final twenty eighteen was the last time they played. They played Kilkenny in Nolan Park. Um, that was the league final. Kilkenny won, but he played in the league that year as well. And there was only a point in it. Um, there were six points in it in the league final. But then, uh, early early in your campaign, I suppose uh, they would have played in twenty sixteen. Uh, Kilkenny versus Tipperary Kilkenny 2-17 Tip 18 points but I suppose that's probably a similar enough situation to where Liam Cattle is in terms of your first year your way to Kilkenny it's it's a massive game like for for a new manager coming in and I'm sure you, you experienced that at the time as well Yeah 100% and, and you know I think um, you know Kilkenny as, as I mentioned already you know they, they were at the top table and had been where, where the current All-Ireland champions and we started taking them on yeah. but regardless of that you know um, you know, as I said they played in the All-Ireland last year um, they don't seem to have had uh, you know apart from the, you know, they haven't won it but they've been in finals we beat them in 19 um, they were beaten last year in the final um, they're at a higher uh, you know they're further on in their in their journey than what we are at the moment 
but it's a great, great test. You know, they have a they have a style of play. They have an energy about them. You know, and and they love playing tip, and we tip love playing them. We will get a good game on on Sunday, regardless. Um, but we'll know a lot more about ourselves. Uh, you know, we'll know, and it's brilliant. You know, from Liam Carroll's perspective, um, getting so many new players. Um, you know, fighting for the jerseys, coming on and doing really well. Um, but we, you know, the, the knowledge we'll get out of Nolan Park on Sunday will be a little bit more informative, um, and there's, there'll be more at stake. And you know, the sight of that black and amber jersey chasing you down, or you trying to chase it down, um, you know, that brings out the best out of um, tip players. So I, I imagine as a squad, they'll be absolutely chomping at the bit to get into this game. And it will be a test for the squad as well in terms of. I'd imagine just in the nature of how Conor Stakelham anyway went off uh, last weekend, probably going to be without him. Brian McGraw was another kind of bit of an injury worry coming from the leash game. So it's going to be a test of, of the squad and uh, who, who can come in and really take that chance, I suppose. Yeah, but um, you know, from what I can gather, you know, the, the squad is training really well and um, you know, the, the, signs, the signs have been quite good. Yeah, you know, we, had a, we kind of maybe had a uh, a game of two halves with Cork in the in the um, the Southeast League final or whatever, mm. the Cooperative League final that it's called now. Um, you know, we wouldn't have been happy with how that game got closed out, but there was patches of that game that we would have absolutely loved. And you know, to be fair to the lads last Saturday night, they did exactly as they as they as they had to do. You know, and um, and yes, we were looking down along our bench, and we you know we we saw a lot of options on that bench, and um, and the fellas that got the jerseys. Um, you know, to a man, they all did well. So, like, it all goes well, and you know, it just sends out a sign to me that you know we knew these guys were going to be very organised under Liam Carl and his management team. Um, but it's here now, you know, and that's the exciting part about it. You know, the, the, I'm not going to suggest that the winter is gone, but the winter, the winter training slog for this tip squad is is done effectively. Yeah. They will train their way through this league. But the league won't be, you know, will no, you know, won't be well finished, and we'll be looking at the first round of the, 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 um, the round robin series of Munster Championship, which is it's just coming at us at, at a kind of a relentless pace. So you know, the depth of the squad is going to be important because you pointed out there's two one definite injury that we're aware of, and possibly on Brian McGrath again, and that's that's unfortunate for Brian because. Uh, I'm sure he'd love another opportunity to stake a, a place. Mm. Um, you know, and Brian, I suppose, you know, you'd nearly say that Brian's not one of the new boys. We've seen Brian over the last couple of years and he's been involved in the setup for the last couple of years. So he's a little bit further on than the newbies, you know, and the newbies being Sean Ryan and Garota Connor and um Odwire, you know, like those boys are in their, their absolute infancy and they've they've done exceptionally well for yeah. for, you know, new to the new to the squad since October. And you met, you mentioned like it being the the end of the, the the winter slog, but it looks like them lads went through a serious bout of training because I was just even looking back on uh, the highlights there today, like all the tip lads are in unreal nick, like they're all developed into like big physical team looking looking at them now, and even some lads that wouldn't be known for their physicality have bulked up a bit and they look a, a, a serious outfit, and that'll be a big test of that now this Sunday because as you mentioned earlier Kilkenny always no matter what bring that kind of physicality hard hurling so it's going to be a, a brilliant test and two teams just going to be flying into each other on Sunday Ah uh, yeah I mean like, honestly this is these are the games we love you know we uh, as spectators you know getting down to Nolan Park to watch watch this game unfold and watch the you know contrasting styles and um, uh, and nobody wants to take a, a backward step and it, not, it'll count for nothing 
Um, you know, when in next July, when the All Ireland series kicks off in earnest, or next June when it's at semi-final stage. But um, on the you know on the, on the second weekend of February, it counts for everything for us. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And just a few of the uh, what we've seen so far from Tipperary this year in terms of uh, positional. Um, changes and things like that. I wanted to get your opinion on one was uh, Seamus Kendi has gone into the half forward line this year and Seamus is someone who has unbelievable work rate, unreal stamina. He can go all day. But we saw last weekend that when a chance pops up, he can go and take a a goal as well. So what have you made of him, kind of his push forward up the field? Yeah, um, and I suppose you, that, that's we shouldn't be so surprised because, you know, Tom Elkhart's um in that middle third, and that can be anywhere from half, half back to half forward. Um, but it's to, to you know to see um, a player like Seamus, who's you know who's achieved so much uh, on the half back line, winning two All Ireland medals. Um, you know, I think it says loads for Seamus to be willing um, to go up there, and you know, to, like I, I just think that it, that's a really good sign of a camp that people are you know totally engaged in this and um, they're bought into what they're trying to achieve this year and positions. You know, uh, look at I haven't been talking to Seamus Kenny, so I have no idea how he feels about it up there. But he certainly looks comfortable. Mm. He's playing as if he's comfortable up there. And as you pointed out, when the opportunity arose, he takes it. But look, Seamus is a smart hurler. Um, you know, he's been around um, that tip set up. God, he's been around that tip set up since um, I suppose maybe seven years now or thereabouts. Yeah. You know, so he's and he's a fabulous athlete, and that's a, that's just great attribute for anybody to have at this point in time. And the other. The other notable one, it would be um, um, Mikey Breen to full back. And Mikey Breen made his, um, his debut for in a tip jersey at full back for minor, if my memory serves me right. And yeah. went on, I think, at under 21, maybe at a stage or in his last year, under 21, went back to full back and um, gave an exhibition, I think, in Ennis um, against Clare, where we were beaten that day. Um, so, you know, while it's, while it's not new to him, it was certainly surprising, I suppose, for the hurling fraternity to see such a change. But it's a difficult position. Um, I, I personally, I need to see more. Um, it's, we, you know, we, we would love to see Mikey Breen make it, make it his own and be a commanding figure around the square. Um, because, it, you know, it's, it has been a kind of a rotating chair for the last few years. And, um, you know, we probably haven't had an out-and-out stable full-back probably since James Barry was anchored number three. And, and since then, you know, we've done very well. We've won in All-Ireland, but it seemed, as I say, to be a kind of a rotating chair and um, with various different people playing in it from time to time. I Personally, I'd love to see it better down. And um, if Mikey Breen is to be the man, he'll have a fine test on Sunday. Yeah, I think, like, everyone is excited about Tip from what we've seen this year, even just from the Munster League and the style of play and the condition the lads are in and, you know that that game against Clare and Nina was a the great atmosphere coming out of that, and then beating Leash well. But everyone is kind of still afraid to. You know, it's it's still February. There's still an awful lot of hurling to go, but there is definitely that excitement there as well. And uh, you know, you 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 kind of want to keep that going anyway until Championship, please God. Ah, uh, you know you do, Paul. I mean, this is what we're about at the end. Of, you know, we want we want to get behind our team, and we want to see our team. Competing, you know, with with the with the with the best in the country at the moment, and obviously, look, um, Limerick are, are up there, having won their their three in a row. There's absolutely no um, debate whatsoever as to where the standard is and where and where the champions sit. But um, you know, we're not ones to sit in the long grass here and wait for a better team to arrive. We will, you know, the tradition that we come from is that we will compete and mm. um, compete. We will, but our boys. 
I just really like the look of what I'm seeing here in terms of the personnel Liam and his team, backroom team, have pulled together and they've gone right throughout the county to find these players. There's a number of players, exciting players, that we haven't even seen at all yet that just they're making their way back from injury. And, um, you know, I, I just think we, we, we have a, a very strong um, extended wider panel in tip here at the moment um, now we need to get to the bottom of it but we certainly don't need to get to the bottom of it yet as in you know arrive at the, the top 20 stroke 22 23 players that are mm. really going to get game time and are going to carry us through into the into the monster round robin we don't need to arrive there before time what we need to do at the moment is keep competitive keep trying to find um, players for the core positions if we fill the core positions we'll be absolutely fine um, on the flanks and that's not demeaning it for a second it's just trying to find you know you've got to fill you know a fullback position is a core position an 11 is a core position your 6 is a core position um, but look I think we're, we're absolutely I think everyone is, is is in agreement that we're on the right road because these guys have bought into the, the training regime and, and they must have done a huge amount of work behind the scenes but you know um, kudos to the players and kudos to the management team for for being in great shape now to take on this league. Yeah, and hopefully uh, we can have keep the positivity going anyway after uh, after Sunday afternoon. But uh, until after that, I will talk to you uh, next week, maybe Mick, and we'll uh, hopefully be talking about a win for Tipperary. <laughs> Absolutely, look forward to that, Paul. Cheers, thanks, Mick. Take it easy. Former Tipperary senior hurling manager Mick Ryan there giving us his thoughts ahead of Tipperary versus Kilkenny this Sunday in the National Hurling League in Nolan Park. And that's a game that you can hear live here on Tip FM. Uh, myself and Ken Hogan will be bringing you live coverage there with thanks to Colossia Fubble Rossgrey College of Further Education. Now sticking with hurling and Tipperary's Rhys Shelley, Brian O'Mara and Groot O'Connor all impressed as UL reached the Electric Ireland Fitzgibbon Cup semi-final with a 4-19 10-point victory against UCD. Rhys Shelley started the game between the sticks but had to go off actually unfortunately injured in the first half so we'll hope to get some clarity on that but he was solid while he was on the field of play so the defending champions UL they now face SETU Waterford in Waterford in the last four that's next Thursday night but for Mind Temple 2 he's Grodo O'Connor he scored 28 points across uh, UL's three matches so far and after the win against UCD CD the other night he spoke with match commentator Oshin Langan let's hear some of that Gerald O'Connor of Tipperary and of course UL congratulations on making the Electric Ireland Fitzgibbon Cup semi-finals with a 419 to 10 points victory against UCD here at UL if people missed it they can watch it back on the Electric Ireland YouTube channel um, look the scoreboard suggests it was one-sided but you did have to work hard to get the victory um, yeah look Oshin in fairness UCD gave a great uh, gave a great account for themselves they found it very hard in the first half we, uh, we struggled to put chances away in the first half and we have been struggling there the last few games to kind of finish games out. But um, we, know, we know the team that we have, that we have the players to finish out games. But uh, no, fair juice to UCD, they gave us, us a great game up till the very end. And um, we're, just, we're just looking forward now to getting back into a semi-final and uh, preparing for WIT. How much will you talk about, how much will you work on some of those misses? Because for all the chances you did put away, you, you missed a few. Yeah, um, look, in fairness, it's been a thing that's been a problem for us there the last few games is us actually finishing them chances. Um, Brian was just saying it to us there before the warm-up. Uh, there's a bit of a breeze out there and we didn't really, we didn't really listen to him at all. But look, uh, they're, only, uh, they're only small little mistakes that we, uh, we should pick up for the next day with the, with the forwards that we have. They should be, um, they should be putting away them chances, but um, plenty to work on. And some battle ahead with the SETU Waterford. Yeah, we were actually we were watching it there last night, and they're they're a very dogged team, and uh, 
we're under no illusion that they'll give us a great battle and we'll just try and prepare as best as we can for them and hopefully it'll be a great game. What is it about this competition that you like um, playing? What is it about this competition that attracts you? Because it's high-grade hurling, just like inter-county and just like club, um, but, but it, there is something different about it. Yeah, look, it's a unique competition, in fairness, like... Um, the lads that you're playing with, you only knew since first year of college, and with COVID and everything, this is last year was our only really good chance to get together. Like, the team is really backbone from our freshers team in first year. We weren't actually able to play the freshers final. I got postponed the day of uh, the lockdown came in, so we knew then that we had a good team coming up. And look, we're just grateful that we're kind of coming together. And uh, in fairness, last year we uh, we weren't really expecting to end up where we were, or even winning it out. We were just taking it game by game, and. Look, luck was us on our side last year, and um, but I suppose you make your own luck, and we're just hoping now that we can get back to where we finished off last year. Okay, well, look, I was about to say what it means to you to win back-to-back, but you've a semi-final to play, let alone a final, so I won't jinx it for you. Uh, Garrod O'Connor of Tipperary and, of course, uh, UL, congratulations on your win tonight in the Electric Island Fitzgibbon Cup uh, quarter-final. If people want to watch it back, they can do so on the Electric Island YouTube channel, and uh, I'm sure that you, just like all of uh, the UL fans, are looking forward to the semi. Yeah, perfect. Thanks, Oshin. Oshin Langan there speaking to Tipperary and University of Limerick forward Gerard O'Connor about their Fitzgibbon Cup journey so far as they look to defend that title. Now, just before our ad break, I'd like to remind listeners that uh, there's some schools camogie happening over the weekend. Ursuline Thurlis are taking on Kloshta Cullum Balancholic. That's the Munster Junior A camogie final. And that's on in Mallow at half past three on Sunday. So we wish Ursuline Thurlis the best of luck there. So uh, we're going to take a quick short ad break and we'll be back with soccer and greyhound racing after these. Welcome back, listeners, to the third and final part of Across the Line here on Tip FM with myself, Paul Carroll, on this Friday, February the 10th, 2023. Now, before we talk soccer, I just want to mention uh, best of luck to Abbey CBS in Tipperary Town. They're taking on Mitchellstown CBS tomorrow at half past 12 in Kilmallock, and that's in the Munster Senior B Schools Football Final. So best of luck to all in Abbey CBS over there in their big final uh, tomorrow at half past 12 in Kilmallock. Now, there's a big game on Sunday at 2 p.m. in Coke Park in Tiptown. This is uh, St. Michael's taking on uh, Watford side Hibernian FC in the last 16 of the Munster of the FAI Junior Cup, I should say. And to talk about this game, I'm joined on the line by soccer analyst Mersh Walsh. Mersh, you're welcome to the show. How are you, Paul? I'm Good not, to you. not too bad to you now. Um, I suppose St. Michael's, the last Tipperary team remaining in the FAI Junior Cup, down to the last 16. They're at home to uh, Watford side Hibernians at 2 p.m. on Sunday. Um, a massive game for St. Michael's and I suppose they've got good history in this cup. They won it in 2019 and, and 2014 but uh, this is really down to the business end of things now. Yeah, it is. I mean, look, Michael's are a really, really good cup side. <clears throat> Fantastic side. But they're coming up against a good team on Sunday. Um, very few poor teams get to the last 16 of the FAI um, Junior Cup. Um, Waterford Hibs, they've only lost once in the Waterford League this year. That was on the opening day. They lost 3-1 to Villa uh, FC, which is no disgrace. Um, they put five past Castlebar Celtic in the last round. Um, you know, they've got good players like Mark O'Keefe and Conor Whittle. Um, I was down to see them play Waterford Bowes. Or sorry, down to see them play um, Dungarvan there a few weeks ago on the Saturday night. They beat Dungarvan one day in Dungarvan. Um, they're a good side um, a bit like what I said to you in relation to the last round with Old Celtic Michaels have this ability to uh, get the job done and um, they'd want to be careful on Sunday with Waterford Hibs because you know Waterford is a good football town um, 
the winners came out of Waterford last year. Um, if this fixture was down in, in Waterford, I would have, you know, I'd, I'd have more concern for Michaels than I would. But if Michaels, uh, they can keep clean sheets, they went up the hole, they fell behind to a, an early goal, but they got the job done. And um, they know how to keep clean sheets. I mean, that's their speciality. But they need to be on it on Sunday. And look, they're so experienced. And I mean, like, you know, Johnny Cremens and the lads, they don't need me to tell them that. But I think this will be a good football match. And I think I would encourage people um, to get out on Sunday and go up to Coop Park and get behind Michaels. And uh, I think, you know, it, I think it'll be a good football football match because you have two very good footballing teams. I mean, I've seen Hibs a couple of times this season. And as I say, they're a good football inside. And again, as I said to you, Michaels, they won't panic if they need to go to extra time. If they need to go to penalties, they'll, they'll back calf or Adrian Walsh inside in the goal. And, um, yeah, I promise to be a right good tie, but it's it's one that Michaels won't win. I can't see them winning as comfortably, but I can see them getting the job done. Yeah, and, and, and Michaels, as you're saying, kind of, they've been, they're well able to grind out results. And even their, their last couple of games, they, they bet was a duala in extra time in the Tipperary Cup. And then last week was a two-mile burst. They beat 1-0 in the league. like So it's been low scoring, 1-0, grinding it out. And that's probably something you might expect again this weekend. Yeah, because, you know, they've got so many experienced players like Christopher Higgins, you know, um, Paul Breen, Colin Bargery, Jimmy Carr. You know, they've got, you know, I, I always feel that, you know, at this level of football, if you have players that are able to manage a game, in-game management, that they're not looking over to the sideline the whole time looking for, you know, instruction. They can manage the game, you know, like... St. Michael's will never do anything drastic in the first 10, 15 minutes of a game. They'll suss Waterford Hibs out, and they will have their homework done on Waterford Hibs. And yeah, I mean, okay, everyone was kind of extra time against Duala, and, you know, they only won 1-0. But Duala were going well in the, in the second division at TSDL. Tillman Boris are a really good top four side in the TSDL. But Michael's won the game. They got the three points. They're into the next round of the Tipperary Cup. And that's all they're interested in. And I'm not suggesting for one minute they don't play pretty football. They do. But, you know, and they've had a few injuries this season. I mean, they've lost John O'Brien. I mean, John O'Brien is a huge loss. He'd be a huge loss to any side. He's a big loss to Michaels. But they've coped with that. And they just get on with their business. And as I say, they can grind out results. But that's not to say that they're a long ball team or, or whatever. But they yeah. just know they just know how to get the, the, the job done. Yeah. And just to, yeah. to, to finish up on, on this game, um, you said you're, you're heading up to it yourself. Are you, what kind of game are you expecting? Is this going to be a typical tight cup game? Um, yeah, this will be. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it will be. Yeah, I, I, I think one goal will, will could decide this. I'd say it, it, it may need to go to extra time. I mean... Both sides like to get it down and play. Um, Waterford Hibs are an old traditional football side in Waterford. Um, they like to play a nice brand of football, get it into midfield. Um, I mean, one thing I would always say about Johnny Cremens is management in Michaels. He uh, he's a great coach. Johnny's a great thinker about the game, but so is uh, the Waterford Hibs manager now. Uh, his name escapes me. Sorry, Paul, yeah. but. But they're both great thinkers of the game, and they just don't lump it up the field. They have three or four options, you know, and you know they might play it out from the back. 
they might go along, you know, Christopher Higgins might ping it into Colin Bargary, whatever, but and then give it out to Jimmy Carr. So they'll suss each other out. I mean, don't it? I mean, I it won't. This won't be a five-three kind of classic. Yeah. Uh, neither side, neither side play that way. So two good football sides, and uh, as I say, like I mean, Adrian Walsh, I would say, has probably been the best goalkeeper, junior goalkeeper in Ireland for the last fifteen years. But the guy in goal for uh, Waterloo, Sean Whitty, isn't too far behind him. So you know, you have two good defenses. You know, it may come down to like every like most FEI Junior Cup ties at this level, you might get two chances, and whoever whoever is there to take the chance uh, um, will go through. But as I say it could take extra time, might take penalties, but Michaels won't panic. Yeah. One thing I admire about Michaels, they don't panic. I mean, I was talking to somebody who was at the whole game. And, uh, I, you know, he said Michael's one nil down very early. Didn't panic. Just didn't panic. You know, they're, they're, they're a credit. They're a credit to, to the league. They're a credit to the county. They're a credit to themselves, you know. Yeah, and uh, we wish them all the best of luck uh, this weekend. That's Sunday at 2pm. Before I let you go, Mersh, I'd have to mention the uh, uh, your own Carmel Town going well. They beat Peak Villa mm. 1-0 last weekend. Remain undefeated in the league, and um, after nine games, looking looking good, top of the table, twenty five points. But it's it's a hard table to read because um, Michael's have only played five games compared to Carmel Town yeah. nine, and yeah. some teams have played eleven games, and it's it's a bit all over the place at the minute. But Carmel Town, um, huge win for them last weekend. Yeah, it was massive. It was massive. I mean, that bunch of players hadn't beaten a, a top seat team, but. Greatest respect to everybody else in the league. They hadn't beaten Peak or Michaels in a long, long time. Uh, it was a, it was a fantastic game. Um, it's probably one of the best performances I've seen from the town team. I'd say in about ten years. Uh, I don't say that lightly. Yeah. Um, great credit to both sides. I will say that, and uh, this is me playing mind games because I don't believe in that nonsense. Um, Peak were missing Pippi Carroll. Now, you take Pippi Carroll out of any side. And it becomes, you know, your task becomes a little bit easier. I mean, Pippi's one of the top strikers in the country. Um, and, uh, you know, Town got a penalty early on, missed it. Well, it was a great save by Willie Tierney. Then we got a penalty and Lee Castro scored it. And from very early on, Paul, it was always obvious it was going to be one game. Just on the league itself, I mean, we got knocked out of the FAI by P. We got knocked out of Munster by Michaels. So we've only got league games to play because one temporary cup game. So we're getting our league games out of the way and we're getting the points on the board. And you know yourself at any league, once you have the points on the board, it's up to the other teams to catch you. What it will come down to, I think, is that we have to play Michaels twice. Uh, we have to go up to Torles. Peak and Michaels have to play each other twice. And we have to go over and play another local derby. We've yet to go over to Clamont Celtic. And that'll be a tough game as well. And we have to play Bancha twice. So there's a lot of football to be played in that league. But I'd rather have the points on the board than, than trying to... I mean, Peak and Michaels, I suppose, have been a victim of their success in the cup competitions where they can't play the league matches. But that once the weather starts to improve, the games will start coming thick and fast now. Yeah. And, I'm, and I'm just fingers crossed, just on a purely because I'm a Clamont Town fanatic. I just hope that we can keep on winning but that psychologically for everybody involved in the club supporters like myself and the players huge confidence boost because um, I'll I stand over this comment Peak Villa are the best football inside in Tipperary 
in terms of playing football, but we didn't allow them last Sunday to um, play football, and I think they will be the first to admit that. It was a cracking game. And I would just say to people, I know a lot of people will be going to Nolan Park on Sunday, I can understand that. But I, would, I just, would, just would say to people that, you know, um, get up off the, the armchair some, some Sundays. The weather is getting better. Go out and watch these local football games because they're great games. There's terrific atmosphere at them and terrific games being played. And last Sunday, you know, both sides, the game was accredited to the league. Both sides gave everything, you know, and left everything on the pitch. And there was one yellow card, you know, so that's, that's great credit to both sides. Yeah. Yeah, well, plenty of excitement to come in the coming months, but uh, it starts this weekend anyway at St. Michael's point of view. 2pm on Sunday, St. Michael's at home to Watford side Hibernians in the FAI Junior Cup sixth round. Uh, Mirish Walsh, thanks for joining us on Across the Line. You're very welcome, Paul. Anytime. Now it's time, as always, on a Friday evening to talk dogs with Barry Drake. Tip FM's Greyhound Update in association with Greyhound Racing Ireland because this runs deep. So now we're going to look ahead to another big weekend of Greyhound action, of course, following on from a memorable weekend uh, in Tipperary last weekend. Of course, the National Coursing Festival certainly attracted a massive crowd to the Clamwell Greyhound Stadium over the course of the three nights. And we witnessed some fantastic racing action there at Clamwell Greyhound Stadium. And as I said, great to see the crowds back to an all-time high uh, there last weekend. Um, as we've outlined in previous shows uh, some amazing work going on at the Clamwell Greyhound Stadium and of course in Thurlis and if you're out and about at the weekends please do check out uh, one of your local Greyhound Stadiums on to this weekend's racing action we're going to start with the racing at Clanmel tonight because um, there's an eight race car down for decision and it all gets underway there at the time of 7.30 some good action to look forward to plenty of youngsters on show over the course of the uh, racing programme but we're going to uh, look ahead to the closing race on the card it's the safe home and good night A5 uh, contest looks at a good race on paper sub till Ben should go well in trap number one for David Attaway and Jeanette Attaway they've been hitting a couple of nice winners there in recent outings and I think it'll go well there uh, from trap number one but a couple of uh, live dangers um, in the lineup as well one or two to watch out for we're going to give trap number six a chance here Bull run pin this one for Patrick O'Brien in Feathered um, should go well and finally in terms of Clanmel tonight in the previous race um, which of course is race number 7 it's the, uh, the, the this runs deep A5 525 another competitive affair here um, looks at a wide open contest the likes of Hollywell Lewis uh, could go well there uh, for Andrew Maloney in Clanmel looks to have claims there of running a very big race so that's uh, Clanmel tonight on to action in Turles on Saturday night it's the 7.35 start here at the Turles Greyhound Stadium with the Turles Racecourse A4 570 round one getting underway 1500 euros to the winner of that uh, competition so we're expecting some good performances there um, over the course of the next couple of weeks there in that event um, you know a couple of interesting sorts in action um, 
in the uh, competition a couple that have been dropped in grade in recent outings look sure to go well the likes of Lunar Less Strange in race number 4 for the new gang syndicate in Feathered and uh, Trevor da- David Flanagan that looks uh, a leading player there in that race if getting off to a quick start should go very well also trap number 6 there Foxy's Bobby looks the main danger for Damien uh, Morrissey in uh, Ballinard the Coolavani Hoffa uh, ON2 stake final takes place in race number 5 and Patrick Gilfile um, looks banker material here the uh, Tipperary trainer with Brave Lad who stopped the clock in 29.18 last time that was a real real good performance and that should get the job done elsewhere the Paz Bear uh, Paz Bear Upper Church A6A7 final is also on the card um, that has a 1,050 euros first prize and uh, looks uh, between the likes of uh, recent winners there Charlestown for Paddy Brennan in Turles and 6 Miss Celebrity uh, for the only points in Euro Syndicate um, there as well both impressed for winning last time they look sure to battle it out uh, for the winning prize there in that race on to Clonmel um, on Sunday night uh, back racing there at the local ground track with their usual uh, Sunday night uh, racing programme all getting underway there at um, 7.30 in Clonmel some good action to look forward to over the course of the night one to keep an eye on um, there in Clonmel on Sunday night there's a ground called Slaneyside Abbey um, who returns to Clonmel there after uh, delivering some good performances down in Waterford that should go well in the, the, the this runs deep A4-5 Due off there at 8.30 Popstream is another one there as well from for um, owner Jared Dunn in Three Castles ran well at the last twice uh, dropped back down in grade should go well but in, fair, in fairness it is a um, really competitive race in Clamell this weekend could be hard uh, to pr- uh, predict a winner or two there but um, we'll be certainly following that racing with close interest big racing in Shelburne Park on Saturday night it's the Paddy K.O. Um, suspended ceilings gold cup uh, competition 16,000 euros to the winner of this great event stream of Sydney was such a classy winner last week trained in Kappa White by Pat Buckley 28.33 on the clock think that one will go very well there uh, in the opening heat and uh, Pat Buckley also represented with Killahan Sydney um, who is another leading hope Elsewhere in the second heat, another holiday can make all the running here for Tipperary trainer Michael O'Donovan. Just touched off last time. He's got massive early pace. Think it'll make a, a bold bid from the front there in that one. Irish Greyhound Derby runner-up born warrior for trainer Jennifer O'Donnell in Tipperary will go very well in the third heat. Ran well on its comeback outing last time. Could go one place better there. So that, of course, is the feature competition this weekend and plenty of top-class racing there at Shelburne Park on Saturday. And I can't wait for that card certainly is the highlight for me this weekend that's it uh, from myself uh, Barry Drake uh, for the Greyhound Race and this weekend we'll do it again all over next week and uh, very much as I said looking forward to another big weekend of Greyhound Racing Barry Drake there as always well informed on all things Greyhound Racing in the Premier County now just before we uh, leave you on this Friday evening I'd like to remind all listeners that the Tipperary Club Straw is live here on Tip FM from half past eight this evening it's on in Brennan's Bar in Clonalty and Stephen Gleeson and co will be bringing you the coverage of that club draw and Jonathan Cullen the Tipperary GA PRO will be announcing the Tipperary team for Sunday's game against Kilkenny uh, during that broadcast so that's from half past eight and uh, we'll be back on the air on Sunday myself and Ken Hogan We'll be bringing you live commentary of Tipperary versus Kilkenny in that National Hurling League game. That's on at half past one on Sunday, so be sure to tune in. And our coverage of that game is with thanks to Klaus de Fubble Ross Gray College of Further Education. So uh, that's about all for this edition of Across the Line. I'd like to thank all my guests and 
course, you, the listeners, for tuning in. Up Coming up after the news is Premier Country with Carol Power. And as I said, I will be back on Sunday. So until then, have a good weekend and we'll talk to you Sunday. Bye for now.